Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, hello there and welcome to another edition of the Fightful post-show for SmackDown. Friday Friday night SmackDown on Fox. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes. I'm sitting in for Sean Rossap, who is... Uh, who is not with us this evening, but he is definitely with us in spirit and heart. And you are here on the Mr. Warren Hayes YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes because the fightful situation isn't, isn't quite set up yet. We're still waiting to see if the fightful channel, if the fightful YouTube channel will come back. We hope so. And in the meantime, well, we're very happy that you're here to hang out with us. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any extra Fightful content, well, you could drop a subscription here, but you can also drop a subscription over at youtube.com slash SRS Wrestling. That's Sean's own YouTube channel that he's going to be maintaining as well for lots and lots of Fightful stuff. So you want to you wanna subscribe to that to make sure you stay in the loop. But of course, this Fightful.com is still there. FightfulWrestling.com. That's all there with all your news and stuff. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any Fightful podcast, you go to FightfulPods.com. Everything is archived there. So, the you know, the, the heart, the soul, the backbone of Fightful is still there. So don't worry about it. And, you know, uh, I know a lot of you are used to tossing out super chats. I, I'm not I'm not monetized. I You can't send me any super chats this evening. So uh, I apologize for those who are ready to do it. But if you do want to support Fightful, you head on over to Fightful Select. Fightful Select has all sorts of extra content for you created by Sean, by, uh, by uh, Alex Palowski, who does Sour Graps. Well, there'll be some of that happening a little later on. The only, the only wrestling review show that touts itself as being entirely negative so that's something you also have uh, you also have the weekender whole bunch of stuff there q a sessions go check it out on fightful select that's a that's the perfect way to, to support show support for fightful and one person who shows support to me when sean is not around is kelsey who's back with me this evening from the uh the uh, Two-Faced Wrestling Podcast. Kelsey, how you doing? Oh, shoot. Is she frozen? She froze. I don't know how long she's been frozen. I've been doing the spiel here. By God. <laughs> oh, no. All right. I think we're going to have to try and do one of these here. Bear with me, folks. We're going to try, we're going to try, we're going to try again. Give me a second here. 
And here I am doing the spiel. I'm so focused on my own thing, I don't realize what's going on. Give me, give us a quick second here. Chelsea, you're back. That's gonna. Oh no. Oh. Oh no, she's really having some. We had a, a couple of issues before coming on, and I had mentioned it in the chat for those of you who were who were hanging around and waiting. And that's why, yes, that's why she was so still in the chat. Uh, she, she, that's why she was so still. She wasn't, uh, her whole thing was frozen. We're going to try and get her back on. I apologize for, for the little inconvenience here, folks. But we did try. We tried our best here. Kel- uh, I think you're back, Kelsey. I don't know what's happening. Everything, we I thought we had fixed it, and apparently not. What a shame. Let me try. Give me a quick second here, folks. Yeah, we'll try one last thing here. Give me a quick sec. And... Much apologies. Like I said, I had pointed out in the chat just before we started to make sure that everyone knew that we were having a slight delay to start. And I thought we had found the situation. Are we good, Kelsey? No, we're not. Or are we? Or yes, we are. Are we? No, we're not. It's not. I don't think it's going to work, Kelsey, unfortunately. Uh, I think we're going to have to. We're going to have to. uh, We're going to have to try ourselves another time. We're going to try. We're going to have to try this another another time oh so i guess it's just i guess it's just your boy warren then for the evening how about that are you excited about that <laughs> let's flip over at least flip over here hey how's everyone doing oh we don't need the extra music here though all right i guess i'll be flying solo for the evening then uh hello everyone <laughs> well i mean it, it, it's a live show this kind of stuff happens it's very strange. Not quite sure what was going on, but I do apologize. But let's get to it. We're going to start talking about SmackDown Live this evening. With uh, and 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 you're going to have to you're going to have to put up with me for the duration of it. But there's worse, right? Right? <laughs> well, SmackDown starts off tonight with um, Bray Wyatt, uh, a recap of the Bray Wyatt Miz match at uh, TLC. Uh, we had uh, we had the entire recap that happened there with, of course, uh, the return of Daniel Bryan, which was the uh, 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 the 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 centerpiece of the whole uh, of the whole uh, of the whole situation here. We didn't have much of an opportunity, uh, y'all from Fightful and myself, to talk about uh, TLC really, or at least this match. Um, you know, yeah, you know, outside of the uh, outside of the Daniel Bryan return. There wasn't there wasn't much to this match, and you know I'll be honest with everyone. I'm I'm kind of fearful of how they're I'm kind of fear, fearful of how they're trying to how they're going to manage moving forward with with the fiend and Bray Wyatt if he ends up in these situations where he's he's not really wrestling, he's not giving us any real matches. Um, it's something that. It, 
it's it's something that will only go so far before we actually need to start watching uh the fiend or bray wyatt put on some actual matches this is a i don't know where they're smoke and mirroring it so much because bray wyatt can wrestle i find it curious i don't know how far we're going this is going to uh this is going to last how good it's going to be for them but uh holy smokes the um the the match in and about itself there was nothing to it it wasn't wasn't anything interesting but the Daniel Bryan return did spur on everything that we did see tonight where Daniel Bryan hits the uh hits the ring and cuts a promo he says that uh um he sort of tied up a little bit of a of a situation something that I didn't quite understand he said that uh, you know uh, he he felt the fiend tearing at his hair and beard and just pulling out clumps of it. But he never really thought that, uh, but then when he looked at himself in the mirror, he realized that he wasn't missing anything. The Daniel Bryan brand that he had built for himself. And he used the word brand, which I thought was really, really interesting. Um, there was, uh, there was nothing, uh, there was nothing there uh for him to uh to miss he he wasn't missing anything you know he said that he looked in the mirror and he he what he saw despite the fact that his daughter didn't recognize him he recognized the man who was there he was the man who never main evented wrestlemania before the guy who had to claw and scratch his way up to the main event and work for everything that he got that he had that he earned essentially and um, and he said and, and basically says you know that he's he's okay with it and I thought this was a nice little bit of uh, full circling this decade that Daniel Bryan had you know there's there's a lot of discussions on um, there's a lot of discussions on Twitter these days regarding uh, regarding Daniel Bryan regarding because uh, a lot of them a lot of people are putting him in discussions for wrestler of the decade and. Well, when you look at his entire journey from 2010 right up to now, it's hard to not put him in a conversation. It's not to hard. It's hard to not put him in a top five. I even argue it's hard to not put him in a top three. From a guy who uh, really did rise above his station, so to speak, to uh, to reaching a a moment where he was forced to retire to come back and still be at the very top of his game, still being able to pull out incredible matches within WWE, clearly still one of the top performers, elite performers, I'm not trying to be funny by saying elite, one of the elite performers in wrestling in WWE, I thought it, I thought that was fantastic. I think it's fantastic that he's, uh, that he was able to maintain such a high-level career despite the injury, which just adds to the drama of the whole thing. So I like the idea of him being, uh, you know, giving us a uh, giving us a glimpse back to that, calling back to that situation. What I find, what what I would have liked to just like bring full circle, or at least I don't know, it's. It's a bit of continuity that's missing for me in this context. Basically, I guess what we're meant to understand here is that 
the 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 fiend d- dragged Daniel Bryan through the ring, tore at his hair, and left him there. And Daniel Bryan took a couple of weeks off to try and figure out what he was going to do with his look. <laughs> I, I I I thought that the fiend would have dragged him under the ring, right, and then have him, you know, kidnap him, tie him up in a boiler room somewhere, you know, get have something horrendous happen to him. But no, Daniel Bryan just, like, took some time off. He just, and we didn't know, no one knew where he was. Miz was looking for him. And this is one of the problems that I had with their interactions tonight. Why wasn't Miz, why didn't Miz confront Daniel Bryan? It's like, bro. I got myself into this situation with the fiend, with well, with Bray Wyatt. Excuse me, I got myself in this situation with Bray Wyatt because I was looking for you. Where the hell were you, Daniel Bryan? And that's something that I can get behind because tonight was all like, no, oh, no, it's cool. No, no, I don't like you, but we're still cool. No, 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 no. There's still. Because of the Miz, because excuse me, because of Daniel Bryan, the Miz started the investigation, with, which led to Bray Wyatt invading his home and putting his family at risk. You know, they're talking about you know responsible fathers and so on and so forth. But you know, if you ask me, I think Daniel Bryan still has some explaining to do. Anywho. Um, the Miz comes out, or actually Daniel Bryan calls out the Miz, uh, excuse me, Daniel Bryan calls out Bray Wyatt. I know the difference between these wrestlers, trust me. Um, and the, um, the Miz comes out, uh, instead of Bray Wyatt, he says that Bryan doesn't know what it means to have a lunatic put dolls in his two-year-old's daughter's crib. And he says he's going to take, (coughs) excuse me, just like. Bray Wyatt went after the thing that the Miz cherishes most, his family. He is going to go after the thing that Bray Wyatt cherishes most, the universal title. Now, here's another thing I have an issue with, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Here's another thing. Why, this is the question here, when have we ever felt that the universal title was Bray Wyatt's most cherished cherished possession? <clears throat> I, I, have you ever got the feeling? Because I haven't. I never felt that this was something that, uh, that Bray Wyatt was very, very attached to. That his most cherished thing. I think he has other motivations. I think his motivations are not, aren't materialistic. I think he, he wants other stuff. He wants, you know, the psyche, the souls. He wants to play mind games. He wants, he wants to redeem himself. He being Bray Wyatt, he wants to redeem the last few years of his career that were, that was floundering. I think that's what drove him to madness and created the safe space for him essentially. And then, the Fiend character, and so on and so forth. But this is just weird. I And I don't buy it. I don't buy it as a motivation. I I buy it as a motivation for The Miz because The Miz is The Miz. 
and it makes sense for the Miz to want to chase after titles. That I'm absolutely okay with. But uh, but on the uh, on the flip side, him trying to say I'm going to take it it doesn't connect for me. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. But then Baron Corbin comes out to cut promos. And he goes, boo-hoo-hoo, Miz. You know, your daughter was afraid of a doll. And he tries he's, he tries for a burn. He says, he says something to the effect, if she had more of Maurice's genes, maybe it wouldn't be so scary. And I don't quite understand what that means. I, I, I think he was talking about the doll. And if, because Maurice is, is scary... Or she's not as she's not as much of a coward as the Miz. Is that what he's implying? I didn't understand the burn. And then the other one, then he compares Daniel Bryan to Baby Yoda for some reason, other than just dropping a a a, a topical pop culture reference. I don't understand. Daniel Bryan doesn't look like Baby Yoda. I don't. I don't understand. And again, this is another situation. Where Baron Corbin is fed extremely corny lines, and he delivers them, and they're they're poorly written, and they don't make sense. They don't make sense. My God. And basically, he says, as fathers, they have both failed, and uh, uh, both Miz and Daniel Bryan drop their microphones. They're ready to fight, but Dolph Ziggler ambushes them. And that's what you call an opening segment. We move on to the first match of the night then. We had the Miracle on 34th Street fight between Heavy Machinery and The Revival. Now backstage at Gorilla, you have Otis and Tucker Knight who are cutting a promo. And uh, Mandy Rose arrives and she tells Otis, she says... I I picked you for the SmackDown Secret Santa, so I have a gift for you. And just previously, Otis was talking about how he likes to give ham. <laughs> he likes to give ham as gifts to, to people for the holidays. And what does Mandy give him? A nice cooked ham. Now, I'm thinking instantly, you know, that Otis establishes himself right then and there. As a ham connoisseur. So he takes the ham from Mandy and she gives him a kiss and he has this look of complete bliss on his face. So I'm wondering what kind of ham Mandy Rose gave our boy, uh, gave our boy uh, uh, um, Otis Dozovich. Did she give him a black forest ham? Did she give him a country-cured ham? Maybe a picnic ham? Uh, Maybe she gave him a honey or maple-glazed ham? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think he had Serrano ham, which is probably the best damn ham you could have. Established in in Spain, dry-cured, it's fantastic. Maybe it's Capicola from, from Italy. Why couldn't it be that? 
A scotch ham? Maybe not. Not canned ham. It didn't look like that kind of ham. Maybe it was a speck ham. Or maybe a Smithfield ham. Have you ever heard of Smithfield ham, folks? Smithfield ham comes from a... It, they're, they're, they come from a city in Virginia. Smithfield. And this, this ham... To prepare this type of ham, it has to be coated with salt, sodium nitrate, sugar, and you refrigerate it for five days. Then you pull it out, you salt it again, and you refrigerate it for one day per pound of meat. Then they wash it, refrigerate it for another two weeks, smoke it for 10 days, then leave it age for 6 to 12 months. Maybe that's exactly the kind of ham that Otis Dozovich received tonight. And I would go as far as to say that maybe that is what made his heart melt. Maybe not the peck on the cheek. Perhaps it was the tip-top quality of a Smithfield ham that he received, a true gourmet ham, which makes it all the more uh, devastating that the ham was completely mishandled outside during the match. We don't know that. Yes, I know a lot about ham. I, I, just, I don't just know about wrestling, you know. I know about other stuff. Ham is one of them. Anyway, they have their match, they being the revival in heavy machinery, they they do a table spot on the outside where, uh, where they powerbomb Otis off the apron through a table. There's a bowling ball spot as well that I, I think... Uh, I think backfired a little bit. Like I'm, I'm glad because clearly it was set up for Tucker to take the bowling ball in in the in the bowling balls. However, I cannot not be happy that a bowling ball spot to the crotch was botched. I feel good for Tucker. It kind of hit his knee in, in, instead. Um, Dawson, um, the, uh, Scott Dawson disrespects the ham and Otis loses his mind, which just compounds my theory that this was a Smithfield ham. Otis, um, Otis gets some Legos. He body slams Dawson onto them. There's an electric chair, uh, combination electric chair, fall away slam spot by Otis, a caterpillar in the compactor, get the win. Um, I know a lot of people really don't like the holiday gimmick matches in WWE, but they really are a tradition. They're a thing. They don't bother me. They really don't. And I think a lot of people maybe got a little extra bothered because it was the Revival who were involved in this, you know, the tag team traditionalists. And they lost. Um, and, uh, and the Revival actually complain after the match. Just uh, just like their stands on Twitter complain. <laughs> I, literally, that's what I, which I'm, which I'm kind of part of, to be completely honest. I'm, you know, I'm a big Revival guy. But it's, it really does sound like Revival fans complaining on social media about how the Revival are being treated. And that brings out Elias, who cuts a song on the Revival saying uh, that they, they're going to need to do a big change right here. A big change, kind of like Caitlyn Jenner did. And I am not quite sure what to think about that. 
But instead, you know, we also had a backstage segment after the match where uh, Otis runs into Mandy backstage and he apologizes about the ham. He says, I should have never brought it up there. (laughs) I just love it. I loved it. And he gets a big hug from Mandy and Mandy pulls away and she's uh, completely covered in Otis sweat. And she's like, ooh. If they... I like the way they're handling Otis's crush on Mandy because he he's so relatable. You know, he gets the kiss on the cheek and he just sort of like you could tell like there was this this wave of of joy that just went over him. And this is not an this is not a, a recent story. Otis had been tweeting out about Mandy when he was still in NXT, calling her his uh, his girlfriend and so on and so forth. So this is this has history, folks. But I like this more than when he was first introduced and going, pretty lady. That was dumb. This is human. It's relatable. And they're playing off of well, the fact that he's a little goofy. He's big. He's awkward. But he's very sincere in his feelings. He's very earnest. He likes Mandy. Mandy is responsive, you know. I I hope they push this forward in that direction. And if Mandy wants to be, this would be a great way to push Mandy as a an awful, awful heel if she starts manipulating poor Otis, who's just stricken with love. You know, if she wants to be villainous about it, if she wants to be uh, uh, controlling and just you know, have him do her bidding kind of thing, and he being the awestruck puppy, that'd be fantastic. We have another segment backstage. There were a lot of these in the first hour. Where Sammy Sammy Zayn runs into Braun Strowman in the locker room, and he comes up to, to Braun, and he's he's talking about the Secret Santa as well. And I like that this was part of a couple of angles, that this motivated a couple of little angles throughout the evening. I thought this was good. Continuity. Can you believe it? Within the same show, too. My God, we're spoiled. And um, Sammy and uh, Sammy and Braun are there. Uh, Sammy basically tells Braun, he says, look, I picked you in the Secret Santa. Excuse me, I picked you in the Secret Santa, Braun. What would you like as a gift? You know, he tells him, you know, I thought about getting you, like, oven mitts, you know, forget these hands, but I figured, you know, uh, it's probably done. You probably got those. It's probably been done kind of thing. And Braun is like, oh, you want to give me a gift? Blah, 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 blah. And he's super, he's like super scroogey. Bah humbug, if you want to give me, give me a gift? Give me a shot at that title, at Shinsuke Nakamura's title. Because, you know, Braun starts getting excited, so... Cesaro and Nakamura appear in the picture. <laughs> Sammy says, "I'm, you know, everything's fine, guys. I'm just asking him what he wants for a gift." And Cesaro goes, "Did you tell him about the mitts?" Yeah, I told him about the mitts. Never mind the mitts. I thought that was a good moment. I mean, Braun Braun came across as a jerk. He came across as a grade A jerk. Sammy was clearly very earnest. He just. Wanted to make him happy. Didn't want to start something. Well, I thought this was against your consumerism that you hated Christmas. I don't hate Christmas. What are you talking about? And 
The true heel here, the true hater of Christmas is one Bronathan Strowman. I can, this is what, that's my takeaway from this segment here. Carmella defeated Sonya Deville in a match here. Um, There wasn't much to this. Uh, Sonya got a nice sliding knee, uh, got a nice sliding knee in and uh, Carmella one with the coat of silence. She had a flatliner, which she uh, which she uh, transitioned into the coat of silence, and that was that was that was pretty much it. Um, it was what it was. I don't know why Carmilla needed to squash Sonya all that much because this is essentially what it was, and um, I mean. I'm happy Carmella is, you know, getting put on television and uh, is getting wins. I think she's a fantastic performer. I, you know, she's someone who has been extremely reliable to WWE ever since being called up. And she has done marvels with everything that she's been given. Liked how commentary, maybe it was Corey Graves. I don't quite remember. No, I think it was Michael Cole. Because I was like, oh, of course, Corey Graves is going to put over all of her, all of her, uh, achievements in WWE, but they did save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty nine dollars a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Put over the fact that she's a former SmackDown champion, former Money in the Bank uh, winner. So there's, you know, there's obviously still something there that they want to, that they want to continue to elevate. And that's fine because Carmella, Carmella is good at what she does. And she, she makes the most out of every opportunity she has as well. Look at what she did with R-Truth. But man... When are we getting the Sonya push? When are we getting the Sonya push? I honestly think we're overdue for it at this point. It's been such a long time coming. And we saw glimpses of matches. And we're like, if you were going to give us 15 minutes of this, we'd be so happy, WWE. You know, like those few times where Fire and Desire faced off against the Kabuki War, so we had Sonya and Asuka fighting each other. <laughs> Why can't we get like 15 minutes of Asuka and Sonya? And Sonya's... She, she, has, she has great charisma. She's improved so much as far as her ring presence goes. She commands the ring much, much better than... When she then when she was called up, Sonya is another one of these NXT stars that was called up maybe a little too early. You'll remember she was called up to be part of Paige's faction to to back up Paige, along with Mandy. Mandy definitely could have used a little more work, but she's done tremendous work. She's improved dramatically over the past uh, twelve to sixteen months. It's been crazy. Sonya's always been good. She's always had extremely strong fundamentals. Of course, her um, her MMA background also helps as well. She's transitioned well into wrestling, but I feel like she really could have benefited from staying in, uh, in NXT a little more 
and get get more of that you know that indie style that uh, that's prevalent down there down there it's transversal now Warren at the time it was still up and down so <clears throat> so as far as uh, as far as um, as far as Sonya goes I think we're due I really think that we're the time has come for her to break out and she's clearly someone that they featured quite a bit on Total Divas. Not that I've watched it, but, you know, there are some people out there who do recaps. I mean, there's a recap for everything. I'm not mocking anyone. It's just sometimes you're like, people really do recaps for reality shows? Yep. Yep. It does. I do recaps of wrestling shows. Oh. That's usually the reaction I get. The but uh, the <laughs> the um but that's the thing is like we we they they featured Sonya quite a bit on Total Divas. You get the feeling that they really like her. It's just a question of pulling the trigger. And you know there was I I think there's also a, something interesting to point out here is that they do need when I say they I mean WWE need strong heels who are not the boss and hug connection. And I think Mandy and Sonya are positioned to be strong heels because they already are heels, but they need to be treated seriously when it comes to their, to their, uh, to their ring personas, their characters. As much as I'm okay with Carmella winning tonight, I'm wondering why we needed to position another strong baby face. In the SmackDown women's division. Because we already have. Alexa and Nikki Cross. Who are extremely legitimate. As far as baby faces go. And that's really weird. Saying that about Alexa Bliss. But nonetheless. They're positioning Lacey Evans. Going to talk about that in a bit. And we're going to push Carmella. As another strong baby face. Where we could really use. More. Heels, more strong heels in the SmackDown women's division because otherwise they're just going to paint themselves into a corner again and they're going to end up with uh, with a, with an, un, uh, an uneven balance between the baby faces and the heels and as we go, well, we don't know what to do anymore. The New Day and, uh, and uh, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura went after it. They fought... In fact, the New Day retained. Uh, was I don't think the titles were on the line. They not they won. They defeated Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. That Cesaro's entrance, right? It's like going through going through the space time continuum to another galaxy, the Cesaro galaxy, and in this galaxy, millions eons of light years away from us. Cesaro is king. He is emperor of entire solar systems where he leads his troops with strong European uppercuts. <laughs> the, um, the, the, so basically, basically here was a typical, uh, new day match in the beginning, you know, with, 
Kofi, Kofi eating shit and uh, Big E coming in with the hot tag doing his trio of belly-to-belly suplexes. But then, uh, and then Shinsuke Nakamura eats a, a urinagi, uh, but ends up kicking Big E to the floor and gets laid out by Cesaro. Big E reverses a Kinshasa with a big, big clothesline. And uh, Kofi gets a fantastic hot tag uh, afterwards. He hits a great drop kick with a nice uh, hop-up top rope Hurricane Rana onto Cesaro, which was just fantastic. The trouble in paradise is avoided, and Kofi eats a pop-up uppercut for his troubles. And a Cesaro big swing, and the stomp on the chest. But Kofi rolls out of the neutralizer. Goes for the small package and wins. Rolls him up. You know, it's dawned on me, and this is not just in WWE. I finally, even in AEW, the the small package as a method to win a match is making a comeback. It's 2019. I, I let me rephrase that. 2019 has been the year of the small packages. That's really something to say. And I don't have any enhancement pill reads to do tonight, folks. I I I know that this would be the perfect segue, but I don't have anything to read. So you make up your own jokes. <laughs> this is the part where it's audience participation. Make your own blue chew promo. But the thing here, the, the, I, I, even in AEW, uh, lots of roll up out of the blue wins from the small package. It's it's really been it's been a, a trend this year. The comeback after the match. Uh, the heels and Sami Zayn, they beat up on uh, the New Day, but Braun runs in to make the save, and he gets the upper hand. Excuse me. <laughs> gets the upper hand. He gets the upper hand, but Sami saves Shinsuke Nakamura from a uh, running power slam. So, um, This was okay. It, there was nothing bad about it. It was, it, was, it was a tag match that happened. That's all there is to it. Clearly establishing, uh, clearly establishing uh, an ongoing feud with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn here. We have a uh, Daniel Bryan and Miz, uh, a little tete a tete backstage. <laughs> the two establish that they don't like each other, and Miz says that uh, tonight we have to get along. But after tonight, Bray is mine. And you know, I, you guys know, and we know that wrestling's not real. That's fine. But one of the things that made Daniel Bryan and Miz so special is, you know, the 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 uh, the the vitriol they were able to tap into, like this the seething anger that they were able to to portray with each other. Which is why we still talk about that talking segment even to this day. Uh, talking smack segment, excuse me, even to this day. Despite the fact that Talking Smack hasn't been around for a long time now, we still talk about that moment. So when the two of them are there and they're clearly like wink winking at each other, I hate you. No, I hate you. I hate you more. I hate you mostest. I hate you this much. And like you're just clowning a little too much with it because we buy into the fact that you two really dislike each other because the history is there to prove it. It's there to back it up. So if you're both of the both of you are there just clowning each other, going, "Yeah, I don't like you. I don't like you." Just takes away a bit of the 
a bit of the oomph. Bailey defeated Dana Brooke. Brooke hits a senton bomb during the match, and uh, but Bailey avoids getting pinned by grabbing the bottom rope. Brooke also does her somersault back elbow, tries to do the Batista bomb, but Bailey gets out of it and hits her for, with the rose plan for the win. N- nice little showcase of Dana Brooke. I like her somersault back elbow, you know. And I think Sean pointed it out last week. She turns her body now, like she doesn't just land back first. She actually, as she, as she's coming off of the somersault, she actually twists her body so that the elbow does go connect, and that looks really good. And she that that has been an improvement to that move in and about itself, and is testament to the improvement that Dana Brooke has had all throughout her her most recent tenure here in WWE. So that's good for her. As far as the match goes, well, I mean, it, it was too short. Don't think it was anything. I don't think. I don't think there was anything there either. Dana Brooke looked good. She hit her spots, but you know, sometimes you expect a little more from Bailey, right? Tonight just wasn't it. Just wasn't it. Um, Sasha, Sasha, and Bailey threatened Dana Brooke. Threatened to gang up on her. But then Lacey Evans comes out to keep the Boston Hug connection from attacking Dana. And then um, and then Lacey Evans challenges Sasha to a match, which happens as we come back from the commercial. And this is another match where I kind of went, well, it is what it is. Again, there was nothing really extraordinary about it, aside from Sasha hitting one of her really nice suplexes and I mean, Lacey is a tall lady. She's she's built. Sasha is much smaller than she is. And uh, to see her hit a suplex on her with such ease, that was really good. But you can tell Lacey is also... Uh, uh, Lacey's been putting in some work as well. And um, she seems a little more confident in what she does. We didn't see a great... Um, a huge... A uh, 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 showcase of all of her in-ring skill tonight, but what we saw was solid, was on point. But again, nothing to it. But this did lead to Sasha and Lacey fighting on the outside. Lacey, uh, Lacey's family is at ringside. Her husband and her daughter, and her husband is in the audience right next to the barricade and holding her daughter, his daughter, their daughter, like a little, you know, like naturally you'd hold your kid like this, right? But he's kind of holding her like that, just a little bit, leaning his shoulder in so that she's very, very close to the action because Sasha sort of starts jawjacking with the kid after beating Lacey up. And the kid is like, she doesn't like it. She's going, she's got this rage face on it. She's Says clawing at her, at her, and like, I don't like you, Sasha Banks. Clearly, she was coached backstage. <laughs> That's okay. I'm okay with that. I I prefer that than, you know, Chris Jericho on Monday beating up Jungle Boy, heading over to ringside to see Jungle Boy's mother, and he starts jawjacking at her, and she's like, <laughs> it's like. Play the role, lady. 
you have a seven-year-old here tonight who upstaged you as far as what what you should do when you're being accosted by a wrestler. Jeez. So basically this goes to a, I guess it's a double count out and it wasn't really made clear, but the referee was counting. We heard the bell at some point and, um, and Sasha really starts talking trash to her family, to Lacey's family. And then Lacey goes right after her, starts taking her down because you don't go after a woman's family. Just like you don't go after a man's family. You don't go after anyone's family. Mm. You know, for those of you who watch the Wednesday Night Wars, we talk a lot about uh, AEW pulling the same angle with two different uh, with two different uh, situations, right? With two different sets of performers. You know, like the Dark Order and the Nightmare Collective. Well, here you essentially have two feuds, or let's say 2.5 feuds that kind of have this this implication that you don't go after someone's family. Now, is this lazy? Well, you tell me. At the same time, I mean, they didn't mention it tonight. Maybe we're, we're done with that angle. But over the past couple of weeks, two of the main angles on both Raw and SmackDown had to do with locker room leadership. What am I what am I really watching? The brands is it is it because in the in the minds of those in charge, Raw and SmackDown are very, very separate brands? Because I if you watch Raw, there's a very good chance you watch SmackDown and vice versa. I think the opposite of you just picking one and sticking with that one is much less probable. Like I don't think if you do things exclusively on one brand, if you try the same thing on another brand, I think people are going to notice. But here you're on the same show. You're doing, Miz is fighting for his family. We're fathers, Daniel Bryan, you and I. And then, you don't touch my daughter. Don't touch a woman's family either. I'm like, okay, fine. I mean, I get it. As a father myself, I wouldn't want people screwing around with my family, but we're in a creative context. Is this re- is this really the best you can do? Don't get me wrong. It's probably a really good idea to help establish Lacey Evans's persona as a babyface. It's going to work. It's going to work. But holy, too, too much. Daniel Bryan and The Miz defeated Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler in a tag team match. And uh, we immediately get some, well, immediately early on, we get a nice little spot where Daniel Bryan is giving some, is delivering some yes kicks on Dolph. And then Miz tags himself in. And um, and so he starts hitting some Miz kicks on Dolph as well. Then Baron Corbin tries to interfere. Then all four guys are in the ring. And then you have stereo Miz kicks from Daniel Bryan in the Miz. I like that. I thought it was neat. You know, the Miz aping Daniel Bryan's moves because he doesn't like Daniel Bryan. I can do them better than you. I kind of like that. Daniel Bryan he hits the corner drop kicks as well. But he eats a, dip, a deep six. 
Miz gets the hot tag in, hits the skull-crushing finale on Baron Corbin. And he gets uh, Dolph Ziggler into the figure four. Who taps? That's uh, That was pretty much it. Um, No mention. Oh, but before... It, actually, before the show went off the air, what am I saying? Like 3.2 seconds after the bell rung and we had here are your winners announced, Michael Cole's breaking news next week. The Miz, Baron Corbin, and Daniel Bryan triple threat for the number one contendership uh, for the universal title. Like, wow, okay. That, di- that didn't, uh, that happened quickly. Kind of makes me wonder. Kind of makes me wonder why we didn't get it tonight. But I guess they want to finish the they want to finish the year with a bang, which the decade even because it's going to be the last SmackDown of the decade next week. So that um, that's okay. The lights go down a little bit. We hear the fiends' laughter. All three men in the ring. Stare at each other worryingly, but no Bray Wyatt. I think it's very interesting, but not really. Also, <laughs> I mean, it, it, here's another thing Roman Reigns wasn't there tonight. No Roman Reigns coming off of his loss. Uh, don't know what's going on with that. What is. You know, they just showed a sequence where they had Baron Corbin being having his victory being repeated on loop, whatever. But no mention of that. So is is the locker room leadership has it been established? Is is Baron Corbin now like the is he the locker room leader because he defeated the big dog? And I mean, I it's a little strange that they didn't follow up at all from TLC on this. Not necessarily because I'm really, really eager to see Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin fight again. Because I'm not. But, um, <laughs> but the, the, you know, the match that they had at TLC ended with tons of interference. Plus, they continued brawling for like 30 minutes backstage. It spilled out after the main uh, after the main event into uh, into the arena again. I mean, what? Not even a mention of that. Not even Roman trying to come back and get some get back some comeuppance. It's weird because Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns will come and get revenge or come and confront Baron Corbin by if Baron Corbin messes with his Titan Tron dog and gives him a, a chihuahua bark, but he won't come out to confront him when he got beat up, when he got ambushed at the match, at the pay-per-view, at a match at a pay-per-view just about a week before. I don't think it... it I don't think it it makes Roman look smart. It makes him look petty to a certain extent. I don't think it's good. 
And it's not... I also don't think it's good storytelling. What a shock. But this is compounded also with something that I sometimes say. And, you know, anyone who's paying attention could easily, you know, come after me on Twitter or whatever and say, Warren! But then sometimes you say, you know, the... They don't have to be on TV every week, Warren. And and you're right. You're right. Sometimes, you know, you just, you're not on TV a week and people will miss you. Kind of like the, the, the Fiend tonight or Bray Wyatt. I like the idea that all we got was the menace, the laugh, you know, the, the, cre- the creeping impending doom, but we didn't see him. And that's good for his mystique because... I think the less that we see The Fiend or Bray Wyatt live and in the flesh, the better. I really do. You see him up on Titantrons and whatnot, but in ring, less is more. Not because Bray Wyatt's a bad performer. Au contraire. I think he's carrying this gimmick, making it good. He's the reason why it's working. Because you could pull this goofy stuff, uh, this you could put, sorry, you could pull this stuff off with just about any other wrestler, and it could come off just as pure goofy or cringe. But he's doing a fantastic job at making it meaningful and compelling and good. That's all on him. So not having the character around, I think it's good. It's good for Roman Reigns as well to to just be on his own not be there for a week but I also think it would have made a lot of sense for him to show up tonight just to beat the absolute shit out of Baron Corbin so there you have it folks I think we're going to wrap it up on this one on a very middling episode of of uh of Smackdown and I know a lot of people say well it's December Warren WWE in December as if it's some kind of tradition that we all have to sort of accept. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to have Christmas dinner with my nutso family. That's a tradition I can't escape. December being a, a being this excuse for shows that don't have as much energy or don't aren't as meaningful oh, because it's the end of the year, because it's December. That to, that's such a cop out. And it's something we've come to accept. But we really shouldn't have to. We really shouldn't be saying to ourselves, oh, well, the shows aren't good because it's December. That doesn't... Why? Why should we tamper, temper our expectations because it's the end of the year and it's because WWE has a history of not putting on good shows in December? I don't buy into that. And I said it once, I say it, I'll say it again. And all this criticism comes from a place of love. I expect WWE, the premier big league wrestling promotion, the billion dollar media company, to do better. I really do. I expect them to do better than everyone else because they have the resources, the personnel, and the talent to do better. It's not just because it's December. That's just, it's, that's a lazy excuse. And it was still a middling episode of SmackDown. In your boy's opinion. 
I wish I could have had Kelsey's opinion, and I apologize, everyone, if you tuned in to watch Kelsey, which is a much better reason than tuning in to watch me. Um, we'll try and make this work again at some point. I'll make it up to her. Make it up to you guys. We'll have something happen. I have no idea what was going on, and everything was working. We got everything working. I really apologize. Apologies to Kelsey. She, I, I know she hung out in the chat, and thank you very much for for hanging out uh, with uh, with everyone in the chat, Kelsey. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for joining me live here on uh, on my channel, youtubecom slash Hayes. Uh, if you haven't liked this video yet, just think about doing it. That's always nice. And if you haven't subscribed, do it because there there will be, you know, there might still be some Fightful stuff that will end up here. Plus, I also do my own things here every Thursday night at 9 p.m. I do my weekly wrap-up Mr. Warren Hayes show here. I do uh, pre-pay-per-view prediction shows. That's a lot of P's. It's a lot of alliteration. Pre-pay-per-view predictions. Kind of like the bullet, butcher, the bunner, the burner. The bullet, the butcher, the bullet, the blade. But I do all of that here. So do consider subscribing if if you're new here. I'd really appreciate that. Also subscribe to youtube.com slash SRS wrestling. Like I said, it's Sean's wrestling channel. That way you're sure you'll be really up to date with everything that's happening on the Fightful side. Subscribe to Fightful Select as well. Still the most direct way to support us. And visit Fightful. Dot com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulPods.com. And get on Fightful Wrestling, uh, Fightful Select, excuse me, so that you can see our boy Alex Pulowski go all sour graps on these shows. I'm just the tip of the iceberg. I try to stay, I try to stay positive and as balanced as I can. Alex just doesn't give a fuck. Thank you everyone for joining us here live this evening. We'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.